continuing, actually, we're con- yeah, concluding our series that we've been doing last four weeks called The Genius of Jesus, where we've been looking at some of the characteristics, the leadership styles, the virtues that Jesus held as he ministered on earth, as he inaugurated his kingdom. And uh, so what's funny is I, I, was, I was meeting with the prayer people, prayer people, people of prayer, prayer circle, what are you, prayer team, uh, meeting with people for prayer in the other room beforehand. And I was like, I was like, this morning, you guys, we're going to talk, the, the virtue, the genius virtue of Jesus that we're going to talk about today is patience. And you would have thought that I, I said I was going to, we were going to talk about dust. We're going to talk about the most boring thing ever, the least sexy thing. We're going to talk about patience. In fact, I got a look from one person who I won't say who did it. Well, it went like this. <laughs> I won't say who did it, but her name starts with a B and ends in Beth and Ethany. So I want to <laughs> Ethis. Uh, so we're talking about patience, patience. And uh, it's funny because they did some little bit of just research on people's patience levels. And um, it, they came up with, it said that people become frustrated if it takes 16 seconds for a web page to load. 16 seconds. Anything beyond 16 seconds, they're frustrated. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just click away from that web page if it takes more than 10 seconds to load. If it takes 10 seconds, I'm out of here. I'm not going to look at this. I'll just find the answer somewhere else. In fact, we get really impatient looking for deep answers, right? We have deep questions. We have big questions in life. We have questions like, what is love? And, you know, what, what's, what's my purpose in life? And a lot of people will actually try to find the answers to these great big questions. And you know how they try to find the answers to these huge questions? Google it. I'll just Google it. I'll just Google it. What's my reason for living? What? You know, and we want easy, quick answers. We're impatient people. Impatient people. Uh, it, a lot of times people will take, uh, they'll get really impatient if it takes more than 25 seconds for a traffic light to change. If it's more than 25 seconds, sometimes they'll just run it. They'll just go on. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes if I'm behind somebody at a traffic light and I'm waiting, I got to give a toot because when the light turns green, you know what they're doing? They're looking at their phone because they were impatient. Because they had to, you know, they couldn't sit in, in stillness and in quiet for 20 seconds or so for the light to turn green. So they'll get on their phone, and I'm like, bah, bah. and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not like the guy who goes, jerk, you know. But I give them a little toot just to let them know that the light has changed. Because they're just, you know, they don't have the patience to sit for 25 seconds or 20 seconds. they got to get on their phone and look. And so uh, people will get angry if it takes 22 seconds. 22 seconds for uh, their stream to start. So they go on Netflix, they start a movie, they go on YouTube, they start something. And if it takes more than 22 seconds for their stream to start, they'll get really impatient, they'll get upset, and they'll just move on, you know. And uh, if it takes more than 14 minutes, 14 minutes for restaurant food to arrive at the table, uh, people will get angry and some people will just leave. They'll complain and they just leave. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. You prepare a meal in 14 minutes, <laughs> right? And try to get it out to your family. Um, we, we've gotten so used to, like, two-day prime delivery. I'm curious. Does anybody here have Prime, Amazon Prime? Yeah, me too. If it takes more than two days to get to my house, I'm upset. I'm like, why do I have Prime? Why do I have Prime? What's this? 
Order it on Monday, comes on Friday. Why do I even have Prime? You know, I get upset. I remember when I was a kid, if we, we had this thing, this is going to age me. Some of you guys are, most of you are going to go, I have no idea what you're talking about. But when I was a kid, we had this thing called scholastic books. Do you remember those, honey? And uh, so the, the teacher would come and she would hand out a catalog to every kid in the room. And we would pick out maybe a couple books that we wanted to order. It took six weeks for those books to get to us. Our scholastic order took six weeks just to get our books. And uh, now, like, we, we get upset. I get upset if it takes more than two days. Sometimes I'll just get it on my Kindle. I want it now, right? And, uh, you know, when we try to accomplish something, start a business, start a ministry, whatever, and we don't experience overnight success, we move on to something else, right? Oh, I tried that. It didn't work. I wanted to start a business. It didn't take off. Nothing really happened. Oh, really? How long did you give it? I don't know, like four weeks. I was at it for at least two weeks. Couldn't get a single client, you know? There's an old saying in business, and that's that it takes 10 years to have an overnight success. 10 years to have an overnight success. But, like, you know, people will get very upset and very anxious. Say it just didn't work. We get impatient with others. We let them irritate us. We, 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 it gets us angry. It robs us of our peace. Uh, you know, uh, I can't even tell you the number of times where I've been in slow-moving traffic. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. I'm in slow-moving traffic. There's three lanes of traffic. Super slow. I'm like, oh. And I'm watching everybody in the lane next to me just speed on by. I'm like, this sucks. Get in the lane next to me. All of a sudden, this lane starts going. This lane isn't going anywhere. And so a lot of times, if I act out of impatience, uh, you know, it'll, just, it'll work against me. The same thing happens whenever I go to the grocery store. And if there's long lines at the grocery store, I'm like, oh, that one's moving too slow. I'll even judge people, you guys. I'm just going to throw myself under the bus. If I'm like, there's an old lady there. I'm not getting in that line. I'm going to get in this line because she's probably going to pull out her checkbook and her coupons. And I don't have time for that. And so, like, we just get impatient. We're impatient people, myself included. You might struggle. I don't know. You probably don't struggle with that, though. Um, you, you can probably wait in the groceries line, any line. You could probably pick any line and not even pull out your phone. You guys, you could probably do that. You're probably super patient. Uh, but we do, you know, we, one of the reasons why we get unhealthy or we put on weight is because we choose quick meals over healthy meals. Doesn't it suck that healthy meals take longer to prepare? That sucks, okay? That's gonna, I'm gonna take that up to the Lord when I get to heaven. Um, but, or, or we, or we beat ourselves up when we don't move on, when we don't accomplish our goals quickly. I didn't get, I didn't, you know, I didn't accomplish my goals quickly. We beat ourselves up. Uh, when other people, you know, take their time, we get really irritated. You get angry with others with easily. You know, it's just difficult. Maybe it's difficult to forgive. You're just impatient. We just, this is an impatient culture, you guys. Things move faster than they ever have before. And uh, it's like impatience is something that we develop at a super young age. Are all y'all kids really patient, kids? My kids were not super patient. One of my kids was pretty patient. But uh, I want to show you this very interesting video. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, we, we've got Dan, who's watching online this morning, says, I can't see the video. Why do I have to wait? My patience is wearing thin. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it reminded me kind of of, of my boys. I remember uh, when, you all, maybe you guys have done this, but like, 
our boys had this little video game thing um, when they were much smaller, and they had to take turns, right? So, you know, Cole got to play for a little bit, and then Forrest got to play for a little bit, and Hudson was just too young, and he didn't care. And so, like, whenever it was Cole's turn to play, Forrest would stand behind him and go, because he just wanted to play so bad that he was mime-choking his brother, wanted him to get out of there and let him play. Uh, but <laughs> it is funny. It's you can eat this marshmallow now, or you can wait, and you'll get two. So you got one if you eat it now, two if you wait. And uh, it was hilarious watching that. We are just naturally impatient people. We want it now. But Jesus, right, the one who created the world, then saved the world when his, the people he created rebelled against him, he seemed to have endless patience. In fact, sometimes... Jesus is too patient for me. And I get impatient. I'm like, Jesus, come on. Act now. Work, work now. Do it now, Jesus. And I'll even pray that. Jesus, do it today. Do it today. Do it now. It's like Jesus knew that there was a better way than hurry, than anxiousness, than instant gratification. And so I want to explore that today real quick. But let, let me pray. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, that you are showing us something and that as we become more patient people, we become more like you. We pray that your word would bear good fruit in us today, come alive in us and bring transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, I I wanted to, you know, we're going to actually sort of deviate from the Gospels a little bit. We're going to get into Psalms and James, but um, I, I just think that it was interesting that if you read the Gospels and you look at the life of Jesus, what you see is a very, very, very patient man. Like, you see somebody who walks and he's never in a hurry. Uh, you know, he, he, he demonstrates patience. He, he, tells G, he tells Peter to forgive 70 times 7. You know how much patience that takes to forgive 70 times 7 every day? Every day. He patiently leads his disciples he puts up with squabbles over, over greatness. He, he puts up with squabbles over financial management, over lack of faith. Do you know how much patience it takes just to be around people who argue? Like Even my kids, when they would argue, I didn't even care what they were arguing about, and I didn't even care who was right. I just wanted them to be quiet, right? It's like when you... <laughs> yes, right? Because parents aren't interested in justice. They want Quiet! And so, like, that was, that was, you know, I could only imagine how Jesus felt being around these guys who were squabbling, completely missing the point. Even when Peter denied knowing Jesus, what did Jesus do? He made him breakfast. <laughs> right? And so I'm going to read from Psalms. Um, and, and Psalms is a book in the Old Testament that Jesus quoted a lot. If you look at Matthew 22, Mark 12, Luke 20, he's quoting the Psalms. And it says in Psalms 37, 3 through 9, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for 
him to act. Wow. You guys kind of get the picture that God is painting here for us, right? Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, and those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Wow, there's so much in that about being patient, being still, about, you know, the complete opposite from what we are basically conditioned to uh, live in this culture. And so if you remember one thing today, I want you to remember this, and that's that patience is the pathway to perfection. Patience is the pathway to perfection. I think it's really interesting because, and let me just read to you from James 1, 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So James is telling us, hey, this this idea of patient endurance, when we patiently endure, he says that when that is fully developed, this endurance, you're perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's no other virtue in Scripture that talks about perfection that way, perfect and lacking nothing, other than just the ability to patiently endure. The ability to patiently endure. Think about that for just a second. You know, uh, we, we, a lot of times we miss this. We miss this idea of patient endurance. Uh, we, we elevate things like study, which is good, which is awesome, right? We, we elevate generosity. We elevate worship. Those are all awesome things, and they're all things that I want to develop more in my life. But it's simply learning to walk through troubles with joy and patient endurance that leads us to be, as Scripture says, perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. What an unsexy way to grow into perfection is just learning patient endurance. Wow. When we learn to patiently endure. Whew. Let that sink in for a second. So what are some things? What can we extract from Psalms 37 about being patient? Okay. The, the first thing is this, is that Psalms, the Psalms tells us to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust and patience go hand in hand. Trust and patience go hand in hand. When we don't trust that the Lord cares for our needs, what do we do? We go into debt. Right? Okay? When, when we don't trust that He cares about our relationships, what do we do? We get involved with the wrong people. Well, you know, this person's showing interest in me, and what if nobody else ever does? Okay? You know, when, when we don't trust that God is for us, we make all sorts of poor decisions out of our impatience. Well, listen, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. Many, many, many. Way too many to count. But far more of those bad decisions were made out of impatience than out of waiting too long. Right? Well, you know, I've made bad decisions because I waited too long. But far more times I've made bad decisions because I was in a hurry, because I was impatient. And so when we trust in the Lord, 
It fosters patience. Trust fosters patience. Okay? When we can honestly trust the Father and His lavish love, we can patiently wait for Him to guide us, to provide for us, and to care for us. Patiently wait. Patiently trust the Lord. Okay? That's so important, especially when we're looking for God's direction in our life. We get impatient because we haven't, you know, we've been seeking His direction and we, we're not hearing, we're not hearing, we're not hearing. Just wait. Just wait. To quote the great Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn, a solution will present itself. <laughs> right? God, eventually God will speak to you. Just wait. Just wait. All right? So, first, trust in the Lord. And the next thing is this, is Scripture tells us to take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. All right? A little later in this, in this Scripture, he says, be still in the presence of the Lord. Be still in the presence of the Lord. So, I don't know about you guys, but for myself, when I regularly take time to, to delight in Jesus through worship and through prayer, I become a more patient person. I don't know why. I think that's just the Lord putting that in me. That's just something about being in His presence. And maybe it's because being in His presence takes a bit of patience. Right? And I know that when I'm being impatient, that my time with the Lord gets interrupted a lot by I have to check something really quick. Alright? i got to check something real quick. I'm in the presence of the Lord, but you know what? Uh, I need to find out what the weather's going to be in a little bit. I, need, I mean, I'm, I'm spending time with Jesus, but I have this compulsion to pick up my phone and check something. And so that's not being patient in the Lord. But when I spend time, that exercise of just being with the Lord patiently, it builds patience in us. And so, in fact, if I'm acting impatient, if I'm sort of being impatient, you know what? Your spouse knows you really well. Did you ever notice that? Sometimes your spouse just knows you too well. But when I'm being impatient, Wendy notices. She notices right away, even if it's subtle. Even if it's a small amount of impatience. Maybe it's just a shift in my tone of voice. Maybe it's just a little bit of impatience. If I'm being impatient, she will notice. And do you know what the first thing she says to me is? No, she doesn't. Because she knows that will just make me more impatient. You know how everybody loves to be told to calm down. Uh, No, when I'm being impatient... She says, you need to spend some time with Jesus. And she's right, because she knows. She knows me, and she knows that if I'm not spending time with the Lord, I become more impatient. And so, uh, take delight in the Lord. When we take delight in the Lord, we realize that there's nothing better. Like, when you, when you really take delight in the Lord, when you really encounter God, when you are spending time with Jesus, you know that there's nothing better. And when that happens, all the other things that we seem, that, that we thought we had to have, they seem insignificant. They seem insignificant. If you have ever encountered God, if you have ever just spent time just dwelling in His presence, you know, you know, you know that you taste and see that the Lord is good. And everything else is really bland. Everything else is just, eh. You know, if you ever come home from a missions trip and you spent all that time in prayer and you spent all that time just pouring out for Jesus and you come home and it's like, boy, real life kind of sucks. Right? Remember the first time you came back from camp and you went to work the next day? You're like, huh, huh. You know, when you spend time in the presence of the Lord with His people, when you are delighting in Him, other, thing, other things seem insignificant. Grow in patience by enjoying time with Jesus. 
Grow in, grow in patience by enjoying time with Jesus, all right? And then the next thing that Scripture tells us to do is to commit everything you do to the Lord. You commit everything you do to the Lord. There's something special that happens when we commit something to the Lord, when we commit to the Lord, right? And it's something, I think it's, it's really important to understand this idea of committing something to the Lord. Because a lot of times what we do is we commit to the Lord, but we're just kind of given like lip service. God, I commit this to you, I commit this area to you, and we say it out loud. But what we don't understand is that uh, in order to commit something to the Lord, it means that we are putting God first in that area. So if you're committing something to the Lord, you are putting him first in that area. It's not just like a declaration of commitment. It is putting him first in that area, right? It means I'm going to function in that area in a biblical manner. I'm going to function in that area in a biblical manner. It's interesting. I have a friend in New Mexico who, uh, he actually went to Bible college to become a missionary. He was just, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary. That's what I want to do. I'm, I'm giving my life to him. And in a moment when he was spending time with Jesus, this time when he was just, just in prayer one day, and he heard God just clear as day say, no, I, I don't want you to be a missionary. I want you to be a Christian businessman. And he said, oh, oh okay, I'll become a Christian businessman then. And he, when he was done with Bible college, he went back to his hometown, and uh, he started an HVAC business. And that was his business. And every day he went into work and he purposed that he was going to do everything God's way. He was going to put God first in that business, and that meant being closed on Sundays so he can worship with his family. It meant tithing off of his income. It meant treating people royally, all of his customers and his employees. And he became the largest HVAC business in that town, and he really prospered. He did well. But you, you can tell, if you're a believer and you recognize those signals, you can tell that he puts God first in every part of that business, every part. And, he, and it prospered them. So if I'm going to commit my finances to God, it means I'm putting him first in my finances, right? I'm going to give. I'm going to be wise with my money. I'm going to pray about financial decisions. I'm going to ask God, is this wise, right? Is this wise? Remember, it's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what's wise in the Lord's eyes. You never have to worry about right or wrong if you just do what's wise in the Lord's eyes. You'll, you'll get it right. Okay, And so if I'm committing my children to the Lord, then I'm going to parent biblically, right? I'm going to honor Scripture when it says to train them up in God's ways. If I'm going to parent, if I'm going to say I'm going to commit my children to the Lord, I'm going to commit my parenting to the Lord, it means that I am going to do things His way regardless of how I feel. Let me tell you, uh, my heart goes out to every parent here with a child under 10. And every parent, in fact, if you've got a, uh, and a teenage years too, whoo, them teenage years are tough. Sometimes it's just trying to survive them, right? Like I, I always say the two hardest things I ever did in my life was plant a church and parent teenagers. But like, and, and sometimes I think parent planting uh, or uh, parenting teenagers often won out on that, the hardest thing. But there are so many times when you're a parent, when you're exhausted, like, I was tired all the time. Our kids, because, you know, they're babies, they don't sleep through the night, you're losing all sorts of sleep. They get a little bit older, they fight all the time. And then, and then you get older. Poor Hudson, you know, he's our youngest. And it's like, all, the other two, the first, like, Cole and Hudson, or Cole and Forrest, they got, like, all the physical dad. 
Like, yeah, let's fight, let's wrestle, let's, you know, all these things, and body slam them on the bed, and pillow fights, and camp in the backyard, and stuff like that. And then Hudson gets a little bit older, and I'm like, hey, let's watch Doctor Who. Let's just cuddle, you know, because I was exhausted by that point. But out of our fatigue, out of our exhaustion, sometimes we don't put God first in our parenting because we're tired. And it's like, okay, um, you go do your thing. I'm going to take a nap. You go do your thing. And then sometimes what happens is instead of, you know, fulfilling, you know, God's word to say, you know, train them up in the way they should go, they do a lot of their, their own training up because we're, we're tired. And so I just want to encourage parents. There will come a time when uh, they won't be so exhausting. You'll, you'll get to sit and have conversations with them. You'll get to, you know, you, you, it'll be okay. You'll, you, you'll get past the exhausted phase. But don't give up on putting God first when you're tired, right? Just do it tired, just do it tired. Go spend time with them tired. Go, go, you know, talk to them about Jesus while you're tired. Go open up, you know, if they got a question about the Bible, don't tell them to go ask their mom, right? Bring them over. All right, let's talk. Let's look it up. Well, you know, one of the things that my dad did, and he did this in sort of, let's just say, uh, a shadow of, of, one of the things that my dad did a lot of times is when I had questions, even if he had the answer, you know what he would do? This was back during the days when we had physical books on shelves in our, in our house. He'd say, go get the encyclopedia. Go get the dictionary. Even if he knew the answer to it. All right, bring it over. Open it up. What does it say? And so even scripturally, what we can do with our kids is, we, is when they have questions, hey, go get the Bible. Go get it. Go get it. Right? At the very least, open up blueletterbible.com and go, let's look it up together. Let's look it up together. Let's do a search. Okay? And so, put, I'm getting way off, way, 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 way off. Sorry, honey, Wendy's back there. But, you know, the powerful thing is that if I'm patient in putting God first in the areas of my life, I see blessings in those areas. You know, we want God to bless something. If you want God to bless your parenting, if you want God to bless your finances, if you want God to bless your relationships, then put him first in that area, Right? Put him first in that area. Okay, Psalm says that he'll help me, and he does. He does. And lastly, thing is probably one of the hardest things of all these things. The last thing is, and this is scripture, don't worry, don't get angry, don't lose your temper. Don't worry, don't get angry, don't lose your temper. That's compressing a lot into one thing. I know, one point, but there's only so many minutes in a Sunday morning, right? Don't worry, don't get angry, don't lose your temper. And, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I... I you know, I go through the first two a lot, worry and anger. Those are probably the two that, you know, I, I don't lose my temper so much, but I do worry and I do get angry. Uh, every time I read the news, I probably worry and get angry. Every time I read the news. I, I, you know, whatever's going on, I get, I get worried, I get angry. And, and because I'm all worked up from, from like, the media, the, the whole, you know, if it bleeds, it leads media that we have, you know, this whole sort of mass hysteria media that we have to keep people watching, to please their advertisers. I, you know, when I get worked up about those things, I start to lose my temper with the people around me. I start to lose my temper. Those things affect me. They affect my mood. They affect, affect my thought processes. And here's the thing, though. and I, I've come to realize that I want you to hear this. I have a responsibility to myself 
I have a responsibility to my God, and I have a responsibility to the people around me to guard myself from things that rob my peace. I have a responsibility to my wife to guard myself from things that rob my peace. I have a responsibility to my kids to guard myself from things that rob my peace. Things that make me impatient. Things that make me worry. Things that make me angry. I have a responsibility to you guys to guard myself from things that rob my peace. And so if, if social media makes you worried or angry, guard your heart and just get off. Life will go on. Life will go on. It really will. You don't have to keep checking to see how many people have liked your picture of your food. Right? When he's like, hey, hey, I just posted some food the other day. You're talking about me. Maybe I am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's going to go check right now. She, she, made, uh, she made peanut butter and jelly French toast the other night. It was delicious. And she posted a picture of it. But... Uh, if, if that's making you angry, guard your heart, just get off. If the news makes you worried and angry, guard your heart, take a break. Take a break. It's okay. We get so upset and angry and worked up and anxious about all the things that we can't do anything about. Right? You ever notice that? It's always those things. This is the news coming on. All this bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And we get so upset. Guess what? You really can't do anything about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If someone at work makes you worried or angry... Don't go have lunch with them, right? You ever notice something? You ever have a conversation with somebody and they talk about like one of their friends that drives, you, that drives them crazy? They're so mad. And for the last 10 years, all they've ever done is done you wrong. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out with them on Friday. Why? Why? You know, take a little break. Take a little break. Guard your heart. Guard your heart and guard your peace so that you're not just living below the boiling point of losing your temper. That's not where God wants you to live. He doesn't want you to walk just below the boiling point. Okay? And so what I want to do today is, as, you know, we've talked about this, not getting angry or losing your temper, about guarding our heart, and, you know, all those things. I, I just want to uh, just take a little, you know, patience inventory. Is that all right? We just take a little patience inventory. Um, because so much of this just boils down to trust. So much of this boils down to the whole first point, and that's trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So much of this boils down with trust. When we are kids, we trust our parents, right? And, and, and kids, small children seem to be able to patiently rest in just about any situation, unless you have an anxious child. Unless you have an anxious child, right? We had one child that was anxious all the time, all the time. He, for, for, for about a year, every night, he had a hard time going to sleep because he was afraid of tornadoes. I won't say which one. But um, for about a year, you know, he had a hard time going to sleep because he was afraid of tornadoes. But children, by nature, just seem to think that your parent, their parents can fix anything. Everything is in their hands. It's okay, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, I, some kids, I don't have any, kid, any of your kids ever come up to them with uh, you with like a burst balloon and hand it to you and said, here, would you fix this? Yeah, they trust that you can fix anything, even a burst balloon, right? And so uh, I, I just want, I want patience like that. I want patience like that, where my trust in the Father is so great that, like, you know, I don't have any worry, you know, need to fear. I don't have any need to be impatient. And I want to have that kind of trust in the Father. And it's, 
here's the thing. It's the kind of trust and it's the kind of patience that helped Jesus sleep soundly in a boat in the middle of the storm. Right? We all know the story. Disciples set across the lake. Jesus is in, is in the boat underneath the deck. And he's sleeping during a storm. Do you think Jesus didn't know there was a storm? Right? You think he didn't feel the rocking of the boat? He didn't hear everybody going nuts up on the, on the deck? You know, No, he's just sleeping. I want that kind of trust. I want that kind of trust. So that no matter what's happening in the world around me, no matter what's coming across the news, no matter who is in front of me not going at the green light, no matter what's happening around me, that I can have that kind of trust. I can have that kind of patience. And so that's the kind of trust that I want. And so I just want us to pray. Let's just pray real quick, and, and we'll have the worship team. I'll have the worship team just come, come back. But I want to pray for that kind of trust. Um, let's just close our eyes and pray. Let me pray for you guys. And if you need prayer this morning, um, you can go see our prayer team. Our prayer team will be back there. And if you're like, you know what? I want prayer for greater trust in my life, for that trust and that patience. And if that's you, I want you to go, go see them. Look at them. They're back there. They're just ready. They're waiting to pray for you. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are worthy of our trust. You are worthy of our trust. You can be trusted. God, we want to trust in you. We want to take delight in you. We want to commit everything we do to you, God. God, we want to give you our worry, give you our anger, God. We want to give you those things. And walk patiently. Patiently endure, God. Patiently endure whatever we're going through, God so that we can move closer to that place of being perfect, complete, needing nothing, God. Just like your word says. Oh, God, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. And I, I pray for every person here today, God, that maybe they're just, they're just feeling like they are so far away from being in, at peace. <laughs> They're impatient. They, they just, God, they, they, they have a need and they're just wondering why it's not being met or they have a desire, God, whatever. God, I pray that you would just breathe, just whisper patience into their ear. Just breathe patience into them, God. God, we know that you know best. You know best. We praise you, God. We praise you.